Soy tu cupita marcano y están escuchando Fry on the Farm. Welcome to Fry on the Farm podcast. I'm Donovan and coming to me via Skype is Roy. Oh man, are we are we there yet? Is it opening day yet? The boys are back in town. Actually, the boy the the Diamondbacks are now. I just saw a tweet from Jesse Agler. Uh, the boys are out of town. They're coming back, uh, and the Arizona Diamondbacks are working out at Petco right now. So uh, the boys are back in town. Baseball looks like it's going to start at least. Wait, uh, the Diamondbacks are working out at Petco. Yeah, now. Dude, yeah, yeah. Man, they shouldn't be able to come in early. They should have to roll up day of cold. God. They shouldn't even be able to take batting practice before the game. And can Just we you're right. walk off the bus, get dressed in the bus, walk onto the field and play? That's that's what I want. And they could stay in COVID Arizona all they want. Although, oh, jeez. Oh, although, yeah, I mean, the, California really doesn't have much to talk about when it comes to uh, cases, in the, particularly in San Diego. So, Well, that's just because of our population, but that state's run rabid. We, we need to keep the zonies in Arizona. No offense to the zonies that listen to us. Yeah, we love you. But, uh, uh, Phoenix, yeah. uh, Padres Phoenix. Right, uh, we don't. Know. We just don't. We just don't love the COVID. We right. we want it we stick. Do. We want to keep it out of our county. God, God just uh, I'm okay with wearing the mask. I, I wear the mask everywhere. We're getting ready to go out and see some friends. I just got and once again I got tested for work and I am negative. So are we're in a COVID negative house? Um, yeah, I got busted trying to walk into Costco without my mask on. I wasn't even thinking about it. Right. Yeah. It was in my pocket. He's like, hey, hey, hey. And I'm like, wait, what? And oh, no. But hey, at You're least like, the I'm not one of those. I'm not like, I'm not. I was sorry, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not one of them. No, at least the Padres have a place to play. Are you reading this about the Blue Jays? Yeah, it's a nightmare. So they can't play in Toronto. And then they were trying to play in Pennsylvania. They were, the, the Pirates were going to open up their ballpark and say, come on over. And now Pennsylvania says, no, that, that doesn't fly. So they're trying to scramble, and there's a real chance that the Blue Jays might be playing 60 road games this year. Yeah, I you know I keep seeing Dunlin in in the because uh, Dunlin has the stat cast information that MLB really wants. Like that's why right. they're not going to be up in Buffalo. You know they want to have all of that stuff in in house so they don't have to you know last minute or go without it. Um, it's just it's it's stupid. I, I mean I, I don't blame Canada for it. God bless Canada for. Um, for for you know for holding a strict line. I mean, look, in, in America right now is is messed up. So they're doing what they need to do to keep their people and, and country safe. Um, unfortunately, that just leaves the bochettes, uh, the to go shets, uh. <laughs> the hope, the hobo bichettes, the hobo <laughs> I didn't get in any of that stuff. Hey, and, and before you guys turn it off, we're gonna have Jeff Sanders on here in a few minutes. Um, we had a really good talk with him, but uh, so just sticking with us before, before we do that. Um, so the camp is ending today. You know, today's the last tune-up. Yesterday was the last inner squad. Um, I think our boys, I think a lot of our minor league guys did show really well. I mean, For you're sure. going to hear that from Jeff. You've heard that for us the past couple of uh, episodes on talking on how these, you know, how these young players, you know, 18-year-old, 19-year-old, 21-year-old kids are are holding game with major league quality players. Right. They're not showing any fear. They're just stepping up there and getting it done. And that's, you got to admire that with, I mean, there's teenagers and Ryan Weathers is 20. Joey Cantillo, is he 21 yet? And these guys are kids Yeah, and stepping up there, facing up with Manny Machado and Eric Hosmer, Will Myers, and not even batting an eye, you know, bringing it. And and that's the thing is you see these kids get drafted, you know, all these high schoolers get drafted that, you know, high school bats. And you wonder, like to have that bat speed to hit ninety three, to hit ninety six, to hit anything harder, um, to have that bat speed in high school, you wonder what you know. There's no wonder why these guys are getting millions of dollars in in the first you know five or ten picks in in the major league draft. Having that bat speed is not something you can teach. You're either born with it or you're not. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I would step into like the eighty mile an hour cage at the uh, family fun center and look like a clown. Yeah. And these guys are stepping up against 95 plus and making it look easy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so the development there is pitch recognition, having a plan, sticking with it, and, and just kind of getting those reps and realizing. And you could tell the, the difference between, say, a Luis Camposano at bat and really a Ty France at bat. And France is your prototypical. He's a, 
he's a bulldog. Like he will foul off pitches and, and you see the difference in development of like a finished product to like guys that are in the on the bubble of being finished with your Luis, you know, your Luis Camposanos, and then your younger players like you took Peter Marcano, who did get a couple of hits. Um, but you just see a difference in the level of um you know, the level of play. Like the maturity of the approach and yeah. all that. Yeah. Absolutely. I did see that from Campusano. I saw him grind out some at bats yeah. in like Elsinore. But when you're used to succeeding and hitting 350 yeah. with power, and then yeah. you go up against the advanced competition, it, it, you look like a fool. So how do you how do you dial it back? Have the patience to be able to foul those pitches off and make the pitcher come to you. I, it really is a chess game. Well, and and we're starting with that's the difference between major league pitching and high A or even double A. Like you're gonna get maybe two or three mistakes in minor leagues. Uh, in major leagues, you may get one. And in between that, you may you're gonna see gnarly breaking stuff, and you're gonna see you know running two seam fastballs that are gonna move into the zone and out of the zone. So uh, having that development and the experience to uh, you know to hit major league pitching, it's it's why it's so freaking hard, man. For sure, so, for so, sure. So they've done so they've done pretty well, and uh, we're hoping to uh, find some way. You know, we'll talk to Jeff later, but get some information on that. I'm really excited to find out interested in to find out how we're going to get information out of the taxi squad and how right. that's going to be disseminated uh, and, and find out who gets added. Well, obviously who gets added and who doesn't get added isn't a thing, but like just to, you know, see how those guys are doing. Is it going to be an article once, sorry, it'll be an article once a month or every other week that we get some. Right. Cause they've got these zoom calls with the, with the coaches and the player development people. They'll, I mean, Mark Connor or, um, yes, uh, Sam, Sam um, Gini. Sam Gini will be in on, on those. Uh, and so I think that's where they'll drop little nuggets. Uh, but like we were talking to Jeff, you don't get the chance to talk to the coaches, the managers, the players, and, and get a sense of what's going on between guys ears. Right. You know, the little things that they're noticing, I, I think what we're going to get is the, the, the PR kind of message that yeah. these guys are working hard. They're doing a great job and this player looks good. That player looks great. And they're, they're, you're not going to kind of get the responses where you can read between the lines. Right. Um, right. And that's on purpose. I mean, it's for good reason, but it's as, as a fan of the minor leagues, there's, there's going to be something lacking this year. I and mean, it already is. Throw us a bone. <laughs> So the, the bones that we do get thrown are the things that we see on social media. Yeah. Like, for example, I saw that Tom Cosgrove is thrown again. Oh, that's good. Um, so it sounds like he's thrown, he's thrown from a mound, you know, 60 feet, six inches. It doesn't look like it's full effort. I think all he's throwing right now is fastballs, but he just had Tommy John surgery at the end of last season. So just to be on a mound and throwing is a huge step in the right direction on his rehab. Absolutely. So you know, friend of the podcast i thought i'd throw a little bone out to, nice. to tom cosgrove Tommy cause yeah yeah so let's let's move on we're gonna finish up here real quick uh thoughts on the team so so i want to hear what you think the team's gonna do now let's be honest it's a 60 game i hate the 60 game sprint but it really is it's like it's the second half of the season pretty much well it's like a 10 kilometer race. It's I, I don't like the term sprint. When I hear sprint, right. I think of the kick at the very end, you know, down the stretch they come, that last sprint of a of a horse race. And that's not really what it is. It's a third of a season. So every game means 2.7 times as much. Jason Stark had a fantastic article that came out over the weekend uh, to, to talk about the most important numbers this year. And that was one of them, 2.7 times. Everything means 2.7 times as much as it usually does. But anyway, I like our starting pitching. There's a good depth of starting pitching. Love the bullpen. Uh, it, to me, it comes down to what Myers and Hosmer do this year. I'm not worried about Tatis, Machado, Tommy Pham is going to do his thing. Yeah. I believe Trent Grisham is going to have a pretty good year. Uh, if the the new coaching staff can can get Will Myers, get his head in the right place, get Eric Hosmer happy and in a groove where he can produce. The first half of last year, he was pretty good. Yeah. And then he fell off a cliff. So if those two guys can be solid and produce and on a day-in, day-out basis be good – I believe the team can compete. Are they going to compete with the Dodgers? I don't even. I don't think that's even a possibility. You've seen all these simulations people run and all these projections, and the Dodgers look like they're just going to walk away with the West. Yeah, that's fine. 
as long as the Padres. So one thing I like is the Padres play the Dodgers 10 times. Six of those games are at home. They play the Diamondbacks 10 times. Seven of those games are at home. So if there is such a thing as home field advantage with no fans in the crowd, the Padres have it for their biggest matchups. Also, they only play the Astros three times and all three of those games are in Petco Park. Meanwhile, they play the Mariners, I think, seven times, six or seven times. Interesting. Yeah. So there are some little things in the schedule that fall the Padres way, but a lot of things have to go right for them to be able to, because you're going up against so many good teams, the A's, the, the Astros, the Diamondbacks, the Dodgers, those are all really good teams. None of those are going to be where you look at the schedule and go, okay, win, win, win. No, 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 no. It's going to be a tough road to try to make it into the, uh, the wild card for the Padres. Yeah. And, and thinking about, you know, we saw the anemic offense in one game. You know, Kenny, the, the kid from the Angels, pissed really well. But that's another thing with with uh, with all the teams. You know, getting up to speed. So these next this first week is still going to be kind of be like that spring training kind of that feel, but maybe in level of play uh, and at bats with teams. Uh, we'll see how. But it, it can't be. There's got to be a, an elevated level of intensity for that. Right, and there is an elevated level of intensity. I'm just saying that they're not up to speed. I don't think all teams are up to speed. Uh, in with that bats in with pitching. Oh, there's no way they can be. So, so it's everyone's going to kind of stumble up. Whoever stumbles less out of the box, I think, is going to is going to be good on the road. You know, is going to have a right. decent season. So one thing that Jeff Sanders' article in the UT touched on, uh, I guess, in the Zoom call, Jace Tingler was talking about roster construction and how many pitches pitchers are they going to carry on the 30 man roster? Because there's no limitation for positions this year. Yeah. So. 30 players for the first two weeks, there might be 16, 17, 18 pitchers on that roster. So if that's the case, you can piggyback your whole starting rotation and say, okay, uh, Cal Quantrill, you're going to start. And then Matt Strom, you're going to come in behind him, expect to go in like fourth or fifth inning, try to go two or three innings. And then you still have all these arms that can come in and close it down. I think I think that plays well in the Padres' favor. Yeah, absolutely. With with that many arms, and we'll see what we bring up from from the taxi squad. The pitching, I'm not. I don't have a problem with. I, I really, you know, we're born and raised. You know, we're San Diego Padres fans. It's the offense that matters. And um, so, what what predictions do you have? What do you think they're going to finish up with? And do you think they are going to make the playoffs? Now, are the playoffs extended? Do we have eight teams? They are expanded. I don't know the exact number. I, I think it's eight from each side, but I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Right. Um, I, I think the Padres make it. I'm the optimist. I'd like to think that they finish about five games above 500, and that's enough to qualify for one of those wild card spots. So that's my that's my hope. Did you see Dennis Lynn's uh, bold predictions article in The Athletic? He said that Tatis would go 20-20. Woo! In a 60-game season, 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases. Eno Saris just came out with an article saying nobody's going to steal more than 15 bases. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't read that, and I didn't catch Dennis Lynn's uh, Q&A today on The Athletic. I, I, got to well, I, haven't, I haven't gone down that one yet. I, I, I wanted to do it. Last time I was involved, at least I, you know, I participated in it, but then I saw this one late today, and uh, by the time it started, I was already way past wanting to participate. But we'll see. I think... I'm gonna go conservative, man, because I just I, I I don't I I don't want my heart broken. Oh, and you're jaded. I'm jaded. I'm I will so I'll take the under. I'll take the we we play a 500 ball and get the very last National League playoff spot. You know I'm okay with that. You know as it, really what I want to see I want to see the kids take the right step forward and I want to see Hosmer and and Will Myers turn it around. So that for the remainder of their time here, we have some confidence that they're not going to be an issue. Right. I, I don't want them to be the albatross that keeps this team from from being great. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I don't, you know, let me say this before we go. It's, I don't even know if 500 gets us into the playoffs. Yeah. No, there's there's a good chance it's going to take a lot more than that. You look at the NL Central, the NL East. I know there's a lot of good teams, but then also who they're facing. I'm The NL West is a tough, tough road. Yeah. To the uh, to the playoffs, absolutely. It, it is. You can almost say it's it's the toughest. I mean, the East has what Atlanta and the Yankees and Boston and, and the Rays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. We got we got the A's, Dodgers in in Houston. 
And the Astros, yeah, and Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks yeah. are going to be good this year. I think Diamondbacks will take second place. I, I really do. They uh, they were massively improved. Uh, if the Padres can stay ahead of the Diamondbacks, then I like their chances of making the playoffs. But there's a chance that that neither of them do. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it. Hey, so we uh, this might be the last one for a while. We'll see how it goes this next week or so. If we can, uh, there's something to talk about. We may turn this in Friars in the Farm. We may turn this into a Padres. Uh, podcast uh we'll see how it goes but prayers on the what is that priors bring the farm to market (laughs) (laughs) friars on the market (laughs) oh that's interesting Uh, okay so hey check out uh our interview with jeff sanders and we will check you guys out later Hey, before we get to our guests, let me tell you about 360 Windows and Doors. These guys came in, Zach and his team came in, and they changed out three large windows and two smaller windows upstairs. They did an excellent job. High-quality windows. It's a dual-pane window. Um, you mentioned Friars in the Farm, and you're going to get 10% off. They could do anything from, from remodels to commercial to freshly built houses, uh, give them a call at 619-331-5246. Mention Fires in the Farm and get 10% off. They're clean. They're professional. They were in and out. Um, the financing is fantastic. I mean, we got these windows put in like, like two months ago, and our first payment isn't until February of 21, and then starts the six months interest-free payments. So you can pay it off early or you can wait some time uh, and pay it off then. But for six months interest-free, uh, I couldn't I couldn't recommend these guys more. They do a fantastic job. Incredible window. Uh, check them out. Hi, I'm Dr. Travis Ehlers, and I'm a certified chiropractic sports physician. Been in practice for 14 years, and I'm located at Oasis MD in Mira Mesa. I see patients anywhere from the weekend warrior to professional athletes, all the way to kids, pregnant women, basically anyone that has musculoskeletal conditions. So if you want any more information or would like to uh, see a chiropractor, you can locate me at 844-627-4763. That's my office number. Otherwise, you can get more information on my website, www drtravisehealers.com. Otherwise, um, I have social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So just uh, look up my name, Dr. Travis Healers. Hey, we welcome Jeff Sanders of the Sanders Union Tribune uh, via the phone and Roy's via the phone. Jeff, how you doing? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Well, we're doing well. Roy's threw his back out. I'm just trying to stay out of my wife's way. How are you handling the pandemic? Uh, you know, pretty decent, you know, as can be expected. My, uh, my, my, my kiddo went home for spring break in the middle of March, and he's been home ever since. He never went back to school. He's not going back to school. So, you know, trying to keep him busy, entertained, and, you know, learning some things. Not that I can teach him much, but, you know, I can try. So, so, he, so he's been keeping me pretty busy. Oh, he's eight. <laughs> he's oh, in, uh, I didn't want, I didn't want to age you there. With a... <laughs> yeah, he, he's eight. He came home from spring break in March with all this stuff and uh, a letter from the teachers saying, hey, we're not sure when we're coming back. And he's been home ever since, you know, trying to stay active, trying to find ways to go outside. It gets pretty hot. So he ends up playing a lot of Xbox and, uh, you know, and that, and that kind of thing. <laughs> Are you do you play Xbox or any video games? Um, you know, I'll play with him. He tries to get me to play Fortnite and I just like, no, pass. Not a first person shooter. You know, (laughs) if we want to play Mario, if you can break out the old Nintendo, I can handle that. (laughs) Some, some asteroids or defenders or something like that. So it's funny because he's got, um, he got a Mike, like not Mike Tyson's punch out because they lost the licensing, licensing, but he has the the switch and the old punch out game. So every once in a while he makes me try to get him all the way to, Whoever replaces Mike Tyson now in that game, I, I can't quite get that far anymore. But I couldn't. I that, was, that, that's more my speed. 
Right. I couldn't get past like the third guy. And it was just like the big bruiser. Like the first guy was a skinny guy. Looks like Sylvester Stallone. You can get to him pretty easy with a couple body blows, body blows. Uh, but then you get past him and it gets just harder and harder. And, you know, I didn't have the funds to learn. Uh, I had to learn at an accelerated rate with so many quarters in my pocket. But we digress. Yeah, yeah. So we've I, I've gone to a couple of games this year and out there on the grassy knoll at the Gallagher Square. I haven't seen you out there. How have you been able to cover the team? I mean, that's the thing is the, the access is, you know, they can only have so many people approved for press box access. I live in Temecula. You know, Kevin, Kevin's the beat guy. He's the main guy out there. I'm kind of here for support and for minor league stuff. So I haven't had many opportunities to kind of get out there um, and, and watch live stuff. So, I mean, I'm making calls. I'm uh, on the Zoom calls, you know, kind of doing more background work than anything. Um, you know, watching watching the feeds when they've, when they've had them. But it, it's it's been different for sure. You know, you're usually able to kind of go onto the backfield at any point during spring training and kind of check in on guys. It's, you know, I'm out there covering the big league team, but my, my focus is, is the minors and guys coming up, guys we'll be seeing soon. And just the, the, the opportunity to do that, that's what I've really missed during the, this window, even though I'm as happy as anyone that, that baseball is back. But, you know, kind of the access during this, it's been challenging from a, a media perspective. So the the store the plan right now, as I understand, is that the satellite squad is going to be uh, training and working out in Lake Elsinore, which is your backyard. Um, are you going to be able to get any access to that? And if not, are you going to try to like set up with a telescope or something to try to see what's going on in there? You know, um, first, I'm I'm not entirely sure it's Lake Elsinore. I, I, I've heard, and you know, and maybe my information is out of date, but they would prefer to stay at USD. They're not in, they're not because it, it, it's it's just closer. Yeah. Um. They're not sure how that's going to work with classes or, or anything. I mean, kind of up in there, but you know, Elsinore is a fallback option. Um. And I, I I guess I would have to get out there and scout. I mean, where could I watch a game from? I don't. I can't think of a grassy knoll. I mean, and I certainly <laughs> have to buy better binoculars than I have. But they're not very good. I think I've got them for free from somewhere. So that's a AC. Let me borrow his. I tell you, there's got to be, a, I think there's a park for USD. I think there's a parking structure out there somewhere where you can just go like, and then park your car and like, you know, have some high powered binoculars to see them, you know, if they're going to be playing in a squad games or if they're going to be playing, you know, hitting batting practice, uh, Lake Elsinore, there's, you know, once again, you'll be, you'll be the knot hole gang. I used to, used to be an old thing back in the day is you look through the, uh, the, the knots of the wood and to watch the game, <laughs> you're like, come on, I'm a professional journalist. You got to get me in. Well, the funny thing is, is like anytime I go to Lake Elsinore, they're always like, make sure you have your pass with you, make sure you have your pass with you. And, you know, I always do, but I always walk right through the gates and nobody stops me. I'm like, hmm, could I get away with that? Probably, probably not now, but, you know, maybe once. Right. I, I don't know if I'll push it or not. <laughs> we'll see. So, hey, t- let's talk about the guys in camp. Uh, Mackenzie Gore has, he's had a good camp. Uh, he hasn't been as dominant as, you know, as, as I would like to see him. Um, should fans really kind of temper their expectations with with the with the young left hander? I think so, and I think I would throw um, Luis Patino in with him. I mean, they're they're both electric electric stuff. They they've impressed. You know, they, they pitch older. You know, than their years of experience and even their age would suggest. But they, they've only had what between them seven double A starts. I mean, it, if you look at the group, you know, the five or six guys that are, are there in the rotation, you know. Um, they're they're just not there with them yet. I mean, I don't I don't even think it's close. They they need experience. They they need the time. I don't even think that they would get the call before in Ikoff. You know, um, they're there. They're impressing. Um, but they need that work in that. Um, you know, on that, on that at that secondary side, they need to keep building innings. Because I mean, the whole thing was, you know, maybe they'd come up this year, but it was about. You know, I think it was more about 2021, and now that they don't get this year to build up their innings to, to yeah. get reps, like are we talking 2022? I mean, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't think anybody does. Um, I mean, because these guys they don't get better in a vacuum. So this is a lot of, of this year is a lot about personal responsibility. How can you push yourself to get as good as possible to improve as much as possible in like just you know subpar conditions for for player development. Absolutely. It seemed like, uh, you know, I watched the one start with McKenzie uh, that they streamed and the velocity didn't seem as like, is it 
used to be, you know, I think he topped out at 93. He maybe hit 94, um, but was sitting 91, 92. And, and the, you know, the command wasn't there. Um, the tools that's like, you see the raw tools. Everyone talks about the raw tools that he has. Um, but I agree. He's not there. Um, I think the learning up wherever the taxi squad does set up is, is going to be a little more, it'll be a little more accelerated, but he has to show a heck of a lot more before I think we can rely on him to even make his major league debut. Cause you don't want him to be coming up and it'd be another, another development year. Okay. So three starts of his is going to be about him getting com- comfortable in the major leagues. He has to come up and maybe later on in the, in the season, granted what happens with the rotation with as much development as possible that can happen is, you know, as much as this kind of crazy season has gone. Right. And then the other thing you think about is, and the Padres don't play as much as anybody, they are not guilty of service time manipulation whatsoever. But I think you have to be a little, you know, conscientious of starting a guy's clock in, in this year. Like, let's make it worth it. Like, if they're going to call it Gore and Patino, it better be for a playoff push. It's not just to, yeah. to get their feet wet. Like, let's, let's make it count. Let's make sure these innings are important and, you know, maybe push them into a playoff. You know, and Luis uh, Patino, he seems to not have not too much talked about him. Uh, what have you heard about Luis, other than just a little bit that we've kind of scattered from the from the uh, from the newspapers? He's, yeah, I, I would think that like like you judge these things now because you don't get to see everything as much as you used to be able to see on the backfield by the way they talk about him. And I would say that that, that Jace Tingler has been as you know complimentary of, of him and as Gore, if, if not maybe a tad more. He, he seems to have gotten better, judging by what Tingler has said, you know, with, with each outing. He's been sharper and sharper. Um, again, I would still put him in the same boat as Gore, as needing, you know, needing that time um, at the secondary site to, to build up, to, to face as many quality hitters as possible. To You know, they need to get their head kicked in a little bit more to, to kind of figure out who they are as pitchers and, and how they're going to, you know, how they're going to succeed in the majors because it's it's not going to be easy. Yeah, I guess I guess this is where your job as a as a writer is a little bit difficult because typically you would be able to watch practices, you'd be able to be up close watching them do bullpens, um, getting feedback, little comments here and there from all the people around them to get an idea not just about the performance side but also the the makeup preparation, what kind of impression they're they're giving. Where right now you're limited to Zoom calls essentially with this, right? Yeah, he got that right. Essentially, we get to kind of talk to who they decide we can talk to, and you know, and you understand that you don't fault them. I mean, they, you know, the Padres, uh, you know, PR staff has a ton going on, so you're appreciative of of the things that they offer you and the access that you're able to get during these times. You know, but but it isn't enough. You know, it's never enough when when you're a reporter. You want as much as you can get. So yeah, I, I didn't mean to to suggest that the Padres are being overly like restrictive or secretive or all the teams are dealing with the same kind of thing. And I just, I find it interesting, you know, how your role, how your job has to change, um, you know, with this whole changing landscape of what's going on and you have to play it by ear. Uh, so we appreciate what you guys are able to, you know, what you guys are able to, to get from all this. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I'm still kind of figuring out how my role is going to work as well. Um, so maybe we'll check in later in the year. I can tell you how it's going. But right now, just day by day, I do not know. Oh. I'm like tingler. <laughs> oh, okay, so so what is your so real quick? What's your what's your what's your Zoom background? Is it a big UT sign? Is it a picture of the family? Are you going straight? Whatever's behind you? So, sorry, I didn't catch that. <laughs> I, do you I, have like a fun background behind right. you, or are you just using like the wall, like your your oh. office in your house? Yeah, whatever hold, whatever room I could find where it's going to be the quietest. And my wife, you know, she's working from home too, you know, and, you know, I kind of let her have the office when she needs it. I mean, she's kind of spending her time from her office and at home. So, you know, where, wherever quietest room that I can find now. Well, I guess you got hacksaw setting the tone. So, you know, he, he sets the bar. And then you need to plan around what he's doing, you know, like you dress, you know, however your boss is dressed, you follow that lead. Uh, anyway, so, okay. So we talked about Mackenzie Gore and Luis Patino a little bit. Um, how about Ryan Weathers and Joey Cantillo? We've been able to get some, some footage of them and they've looked pretty impressive. I don't have much on Cantillo. I mean, I would put him, um, you know, he, he I, I don't, he, he's here to, to get reps, to get better, to make sure this isn't a lost year. 
Ryan Weathers is an interesting one with the velocity jump. Um, you know, th- there was conditioning questions, you know, with, with his first year. And it, it seems like, you know, whatever the Padres asked him to do, um, he took it to heart. And, you know, he's got, you know, his dad was a big leader. He knows what it takes. I think maybe, you know, whatever he learned from the first year and, and having, you know, his, his father to lean on for advice and stuff, he's come out and, and he's really taken a step forward this spring. Um, you know, this, again, like Kento, it's, it's not make, he is here to make sure that he is continuing to develop. I wouldn't expect to see him, you know, near the majors whatsoever. But, um, you yeah, he's going to get some good looks. I mean, he's never pitched before, uh, pitched above low A, so he's going to get some good looks here at the secondary site. You know, and that that's where I think, uh, you know, really when Preller picks these guys with, with the pedigree, with you know, that comes from Major League family, makeup uh, means a lot. I mean, obviously Joey Cantillo has, you know, went and built his own mound, was throwing bullpens for, for a while now, but like hearing what you know, the team tells you to do in Ryan Weathers and knowing what he has to do and then having his father go like, yeah, dude, this is what you, you, know, you want to do it. You have to put in the work. And it really, I think it, it also helps with, um, you know, with losing and the failure of baseball that happens. And you have that backdrop of your father going, yeah, this is where I struggled. This is what happened. It's a part of the process. So many, you know, a lot of the games I've been watching, I've been watching a lot of these these streaming uh, inner squads and, and uh, games on MLB Network. And you see the Bobby Witt Juniors of, of the world come in and have them talk about their fathers being able to talk to them about being, you know, this is what it takes to be a major leaguer. It's a process. You're not going to go from drafted to all-star in, you know, in a season or a half season. So um, I think that really shows, uh, you know, probably smarts in getting these guys that do have, that have the uh, the pedigree of a major leaguer. Yeah, and that's not to say that Ryan Weathers is coming off of a bad season. Solid all around, better in the beginning, seems to tire down the stretch. And I'm sure his dad told him everything, but, you know, you need to, you know, you as a kid, you need to go through something yourself too before maybe you fully understand what you need to do. And I just think, you know, he used this off season to, to find another gear to prepare himself a little bit better. And you know, solid is good. Solid won't get you to the big leagues. And I think, you know, that's something that Ryan Weathers likely took to heart as he prepared for this year. And you know, that that velo jump that and you know that's that's indicative of the work that he's done to get ready. Right. Hey, Edward. Yeah. Yeah, well, Edward Alvarez is. Uh... Well, he hasn't turned our heads. We've been watching him since uh, since he got traded from the young uh, young Ever Salarte trade. But he's really, really come on this uh, this summer camp. Yeah, and you know, you hear Jace Tingler talk about him. He's been you know as high on him as any of the youngsters in camp. You know, he, you know, Tingler has been talking a lot about on base, getting on base, and that's a guy Edward Oliveira is a guy that you know he mentioned as a guy that gets on base. It's not chasing outside the zone. You, um, and they trade Franchi Cordero, and like, oh, okay, this, you know, you think, okay, this is why. This, they, they really believe in Edward Oliveras. I have no idea if he's going to be on the opening day roster. I tend to, you know, if you're asking me to make a guess, but I'm kind of leaning toward it. And you know what? The, the Padres put him on today's Zoom call menu. You know, that doesn't mean anything per se, but, but you know, makes me think that he's closer to making the roster than not if, he's, if they're making him available to all of us. That's excellent. That's a good yeah. observation. Yeah, at, at the, the yeah the the Zoom call exactly. It's really good. Um, so he definitely, he, probably, he's more than likely going to make it over Taylor Trammell, who although has turned heads in spring, I, I I think has and has done pretty good from what I've seen. But you know, there's still a lot of strikeout in uh, in him actually seeing major league pitching consistently. Right, and I I wonder if you know, and I'm not a scout, but I wonder if Edward Alvarez is maybe a tick better defensively. Um, you know, I would have liked, you know, the balance that the left-handed bat that, that Franchi brought to brought to the roster. I liked that off the bench. I like you think like, oh, Taylor could help, you know, could fill that void. But I'm not, I'm not sure they're thinking like that at the at the moment. Another thing is, is Edward Olivares is on the 40-man roster. Taylor Trammell is not. I mean, that's that probably also enters the equation. It's just a little bit. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of funky. So if you can be on the 60-man. So let's talk about the rules just for a second there. So when you're on the 60-man, you're in the taxi squad. If you come off that, if you're a Hudson Head or if you're a Taylor Trammell, you got to be subject to waivers, yeah? So these guys are in camp for good? Yeah, yeah. They're not They're not taking those guys off there. If you're there, that's why, And that's why they left themselves, I think, seven spots originally. Something like that. They left themselves seven spots. They didn't fill that 60-man player pool right away. So anybody that comes off will be subject to waivers. So, you know, no. Trammell won't be taken off. Hudson Head won't. Robert House, Cole Wilcox 
they are there to work the rest of the summer. But then we also saw just recently the Padres added three guys to the player pool that, um, you know, unless you were paying close attention, they kind of came out of nowhere. So Daniel Camarena, Jimmy Yacobonis, and Abraham Almonte, they were all signed to minor league contracts. Um, they were all in spring training, but then we haven't seen them for, you know, a few months. We haven't heard hide nor hair of them. All of a sudden they're added to the player pool. So this suggests to me that they might, leave those guys, you know, even if there is some attrition and there's an opportunity for some of these younger guys, they have other players waiting in the wings that they may have ready to slide in ahead of them to keep pushing those guys into action. Is that, do you think that's fair to assume? Yeah. I mean, I, I know that they've been testing, you know, minor leaguers um, in Peoria, you know, for at one period it was regularly every, every day, every other day, every, every couple of days just to make sure, that they are going to be available. I mean, these are the guys that are going to come up when Trey Winger to have season-ending surgery, when they lose Castillo. I mean, obviously they traded for Hill, but they, you know they lose Franchi Cord- they trade away Franchi Cordero and they replace him with an outfielder in the player pool. I mean, these are the depth options that they are going to leave themselves to push to the majors ahead of these these prospects, unless they jump up, unless they really jump up and show something. So let's talk about the kids now in the outfield. Uh, Hudson Head, he's had. You know, I, I've watched both him and Hassel at the plate, and these kids aren't afraid. You know, they've gone up there, they're battling, they're, they're taking close pitches. Uh, they do not look overmatched. Uh, what are you hearing about those guys? I mean, the, the, I mean, makeup is something that the Padres talk about a lot when, when they're scouting amateur players. And, and the Padres, don't have, they don't hesitate in, in pushing a guy. I mean, what a T.J. Abrams finished his draft year in, in low A. Ryan Weathers finished his draft year in low A. I mean, they're they're not afraid to push, put these guys there. I mean, they draft these guys because they know they're not afraid to, to, to fail in these situations and, and to test themselves. So, and the, the compliments you hear is, is amazing. Austin Hedges is, is blown away when these guys are just, they're holding their own. They're, they're not looking overwhelmed, you know. It's good signs for, for a young player. You know, and it's funny because you've seen, like, I watched several of these games and, uh, you know, you see a, a cut in head or a hassle will hit a shot up the middle where, you know, maybe in, in just about any level of minor league baseball, that's a hit. Uh, but you have Fernando Tatis Jr. playing short and, you know, Tatis is Tatis. So, you know, what would be, you know, a seeing eye single turns into an out. You know? <laughs> And it just kind of goes to show these kids like this is the major that's major league shortstop right there. This is going to be some guy in double A. And I know, you know, Head and Hassel hasn't even seen uh, nothing like that. But like they have to hit the ball well and uh, to get through the, a major league infield. So it's kind of fun seeing them. I don't know what they think about that. But when I watch, it, I'm like, oh, that's a good hit. Oh, no, there's there's there's, you know, there's Fernando doing his thing. Or if it's you know, a- but, but talking about major league defense, Gabriel Arias has been raising some eyebrows both this spring and in summer camp. You've also got C.J. Abrams and Tucupita Marcano getting some reps up the middle. Uh, but it sounds like Gabriel Arias is showing that his defense is pretty much ready to go right now, huh? Well, yeah. I mean, they were saying that in spring training when he was a last minute addition to to big league camp. I mean, his defense is, is there. It's big league caliber already. Um, they're interested to see how, how the bat play. And, you know, they, they weren't disappointed. I mean, he, he drew some walks, you know, made some contact, um, you know, was involved in, in, in at least one game winning rally that I remember. It was a guy that he didn't look out of place. And, you know, that's important. And, you know, we don't know what the minor leagues is going to look like. And the idea that maybe some, what the minor leagues is going to look like beyond this year, um, the idea that maybe after this year, the guys are going to have to move faster if they're going to stick or if they're ever going to make it. I mean, that's one thing you start to find out in, in this 60 man player pool. Let's, let's put these young kids in there and just see what they can do. Cause the way we, the way my leagues have always operated is a one level at a time. You, you take your time, but that's, we don't know what it's going to look like. Right. Right? I think the positives are using this to find out, Oh, how fast can we push these guys? What, what can we do? Well, I tell you, um, and I think Gilbert areas is rule five eligible at the end of next season. 2021 so they're they're definitely I it was after this year you could it be is after this year yeah so they are really accelerating okay, yeah. him and you, the thing yeah, about the Padres they have a big list of guys that are that are on that so Gabriel Arias Tucupita Marcano Taylor Trammell um Luis Patino those are the guys that are in camp that are going to be eligible but I mean you look back you've got like um Jason Rosario Tirso Ornelas Hudson Potts 
Eggie Rosario, Luis Salmanzar. There's there's a lot of guys that would have needed a good strong year this year. Um, you know, to to have to make an argument to add them to protect them from that draft. I guess the 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 flip side of that is that since they aren't playing, they aren't showing any development. So the 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 knocks that you had on guys like Rosario and Ornelas are still there. Nobody's looking at them thinking I can plug them into my outfield uh, because that's the thing with Rule Five. You pick a guy, you got to keep him all year. Um, so it's it, have you heard anything, Jeff, about the Rule Five rules? Are they adjusting any of that for this year? I have not heard that. The questions that I've asked about that because this. You remember that 2016-17 international class? That was that $80 million class, you know, counting the overages. They all have to be added for the most part after this after this year. And, you know, yeah, the Padres could have used this developmental year to, to figure out what they do with those guys. But on the flip side of that is, is no other teams are seeing those players either. So, you know, the likelihood that they flip through – might be might even increase without this year. Definitely, and one of the things about Arias is uh, he he's put on the weight, like he is starting to grow into that body. And uh, where I think Tuka Peter Marcano still is pretty pretty wiry, but he's been getting a lot of at bats. Like he's in almost every game that I've seen, either on TV or over at Petco. Like he's either getting regular at bats or he's coming in late. So um, lots of hope for with Tuka Peter. He his bat uh, late on Monday. I forget what inning, but you know, I think he pulled the ball to the right side of the infield. And I was like, oh, that was really good quality at bat. And then I look up the next half inning, and he's out in left field. I'm like, huh, okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's as crazy. I think as he seeing. played a playoff game. Right. Elsinore in left field too, but yeah. Well, then, but they also had uh, Camposano at at, uh, at at first base. But before we go into catchers, uh, you know, someone that. I'm a we're Owen Miller fans. Like I'm Team Miller. Uh, you know, I think he's gonna be a major leaguer a lot, you know, sooner than later. Um, what do you think about Miller? I think he's a solid guy. I, I you know, I hate to pigeonhole him as a utility player because I think that, you know, that limits his ceiling. I think he's a guy that, you know, fairly soon could could plug in at any of the four infield spots and, and give you a good look, give you a decent at bat. He's a guy that doesn't get too high and but he's, but more importantly, he's a guy that doesn't get too low. He's, he's a steady at bat, and um, I, I don't think it'll take too long for him to get there. I mean, I think he's a guy that could plug in fair, fairly quickly. Yeah, I could see him fitting on the end of the on the end of the bench as a pinch hitter. Guy can play all around the infield. Um, I believe they had him listed as infield outfield on the spring training roster. Uh, so I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen him, you know, take some reps out in left field. Uh, but I could see how he could creep his way onto the team and then impress with some consistently solid at-bats, and next year maybe he could be a guy that they're looking at in a, in a potential second-base picture. Um, yeah, I, I guess I would lean more toward oh, – I was about to say I, was, I would lean more toward – I don't see him breaking camp with the team, but a guy like you know Miller, you know, as a, you know, they're, they lose some guys to, to the virus, to injury. I mean, I, don't, I could see him jumping in pretty, pretty easily. So maybe somebody who's more on that hairy edge is Jake Cronenworth. How's he been looking so far? Uh, solid. He's been playing more shortstop than anything. He will not be pitching as far as we can tell. He's not had any bullpens. I think that, you know, this year, I mean, maybe at some point he starts to throw. I don't know. But to, to right now he is not throwing. He's kind of a guy that is also moving all around the infield. So I would put him ahead of, of Miller for sure in that regard. Left handed bat, too. You know, so I, I next topic on our list here, I'm going to jump over catchers for a moment, but the taxi squad. So you got three guys that are going to be on the taxi squad. One of them has to be a catcher. And I figured with some positional versatility, including the potential to pitch, it seemed to me like Cronenworth would be an ideal guy to fit on that taxi squad. So it's interesting to hear that he hasn't been seen doing bullpens at all, um, that maybe they're, they're shelving that idea for this year. Uh, and, also, on top of that, they they got rid of the restriction, the proposed restriction about position players pitching. So in theory, if he was on the major league roster, he could pitch whenever they wanted him to and then log those innings that he would need to get that designation as a two-way player. Um, it's interesting that they're not taking that strategy. Yeah, I think it's a 60-game sprint. As I'm sure you've heard a million people call it a sprint. Um, you get 30 guys on the roster to start. I mean, we've heard maybe up to 17 pitchers could be part of that mix on, on opening day. I mean, that, there's a lot of arms and there's, you know, 
with the 60 game season, you don't, you know, there aren't throwaway games. So, you know, I, I don't see, I don't see them forcing him into that with so many, with so many arms. I mean, if he's not throwing now, I wouldn't anticipate expecting him there. Um, also, I mean, the, the staffs are spread thin. I mean, you, the, the mounds, you don't have as many mounds as you do in regular spring training. Yeah. It's just not as many opportunities to get him up and throw in. Um, you know, they, they got to get a season up and running. They got to get, you know, a pitching staff up and running. I mean, he, I think what he could do was, was a luxury and something that maybe they can play with over 162 game season, see what it does. I don't, you know, you just don't have the luxury for that this year. Yeah. And they, and they also, they took away the designation of uh, player pitching. So I think they said that they, I think they said that a position player can pitch where before, if it would have been a regular season that they can't pitch. So right, maybe, there's no limitations right, right. on that. So maybe they're just gonna like, hey, if, if we're getting blown out or we're blowing out, that uh, we'll throw them in there just to kind of kind of save an arm. But let's move on to catchers. Luis Torrens has, you know, since him coming up, you know, being on the squad back in, God, what was that, 17, 2017? He was 16. 16 was a Rule Five guy. Just, I mean, still wet behind the ears. Has really progressed and developed into someone who is pushing for at least some kind of role or leave some kind of role consideration, I think, for the future. Yeah, I, I think he's at, at the very least a big league, um, a big a backup, big league caliber backup. Um, you don't, we don't know right now if they're going to go two or three catchers, you know, with the taxi squad and one of them has to be a catcher. You know, I think I would lean towards seeing him as that taxi squad catcher. Um, and then I, I would think that Webster Rivas would, would be the, the first call up. And then Luis Campisano would be kind of the developmental guy at the secondary side. Um, it seems like a fairly deep group um, behind, you know, this battle between Hedges and, and Mejia at the big league level. Yeah, there's been there's been sightings of Ty France wearing catcher's gear. So it sounds like they are actually considering him as the emergency option. Right. And, that, you know, there's so many scenarios in which that might um, that might show up why you might need him to show up because with the extra inning rule, the, the pinch hitting, the pinch running, you know, they view him as truly an emergency option. And, you know, he thinks that he could hold his own back there. You know, he has to get better back there. He's a guy that wants to, he wants to be in the big leagues, wants to play, wants to do whatever he can to help the team. So, you know, of course he's going to throw on the gear if he's asked and, you know, yeah. we'll see. I, I don't know that we see him back there, but, he, he is the third emergency catcher, not Will Myers. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what I like about that is the idea that if you've got Hedges starting, say you've got him tandem with uh, with Chris Paddock, he's going to start Chris Paddock's games. As soon as Chris is done, you can pinch hit for Hedges in a critical situation and then let Mejia catch the rest of the game. And if he gets hurt, you know that you have a competent backup option that so you're not going to ask Arky Sinfraco to put on the catcher's gear and get back there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's exactly the sort of thing that they're probably working through right now. I'm thinking he just wanted to say Arky Sam Franco. <laughs> hey, I'll I'll bring Arky up anytime. Uh, uh, I seen one of his home runs back when uh God that was back. I think it might have been Qualcomm. I saw him. Uh, but moving on, so Luis Camposano has really, you know, he's he's behind the dish every game as well and showing some really good at bats. Uh, this he's still not once again. He still has a lot of development to do. But I think he's shown really well this spring. Yeah, I mean, he was a guy that was slowed in in uh, in spring training. He he had the flu. We didn't really get to see him a whole lot. And to be honest, I've missed a lot of his action too. But you know, you you hear the things that are said about him, and you know, I would expect him to to use this year as a developmental year. But he's he's making some good impressions on the big league staff for sure. Okay, so so we have the, so it hasn't been actually reported if they're going to be staying at USD or up in Lake Elsinore. I thought I saw Lake Elsinore. Uh, rather than going to Arizona, but um, it, it could be that USD gets the site in. I mean, it's super close. Where if in game you need someone like get here quick instead of like all right, fly you know drive an hour down from uh, from like Elsinore. How so? As, as the season, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's a matter of convenience, and I think you know they would prefer to be Arizona, but yeah, I think with the, the way those you know COVID numbers are spiking there, it's just and. Uh, I don't think I don't think Arizona's going to happen. I think USC is around the corner. Guys can get there pretty quick. Um, 
and then Elsinore is fairly convenient as well, an hour up the road. Um, we'll see. I, I, I haven't heard an official announcement, just that those are the places under consideration. So, Jeff, have you been kind of following uh, the, you know, the kind of the 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 negotiations with minor league baseball with major league baseball. I know it's kind of been put on the back burner because of uh, COVID and just trying to get the major league season going. But just today, and I'm not sure if you saw this, that uh, JJ Cooper had put up the idea that they were discussing perhaps just flip-flopping some leagues where, um, where the Cali league would become the, the a division or, you know, at a ball. And then the Midwest league could be uh, advanced a, um, I, I know that, God, Parkview Field is a double A, if not a triple A quality uh, facility. But did you hear anything about that, or what do you know about any of the negotiations going on there? I that was the first I heard, and I did see that tweet, but I didn't get a chance to read that story. I, I'd be interested to, to kind of read into that and see what the thinking is there in, in swapping those leagues. Um, I haven't been to Fort Wayne. I know I know the Diamonds, uh, obviously a very good uh, facility in. in in Lake Elsinore. Yeah. I, I don't know the thinking behind something like that. I just know that minor league baseball after this year is not going to look like anything we we're, what we're used to. Yeah. It's going to be entirely different. And, you know, I, I, you know, that's certainly something to follow this off season. Absolutely. It's just kind of crazy with, uh, you know, with the talking about maybe adding some independent leagues and uh, swapping out teams. That, so then if they get independent leagues that come in, are they going to have, you know, more, Teams contract. Uh, it's just a kind of a crazy thing, and I guess we'll just see how that goes. Um, Jeff, I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time during this uh, time of COVID. Um, some really good information there, man. We uh, we hope to talk to you later on in the season and see how the taxi squad is, and uh, maybe if uh, you know, maybe we can talk about some of the guys that have come up to the big league club. So we really appreciate you taking the time. No problem. Thanks for having me on, guys. The boys are back in town. The boys-